Why don't you, would you just grab your Bible with me right now? Amen. Good morning, Nathaniel. Praise God. I would like to go to the book of Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter number 5. I'm like, this isn't the right place. It's because I'm in Galatians. Ephesians chapter 5 is really where I want to be. I just got to find there. I got to learn to read. Ephesians chapter number 5. And verse number 23. Ephesians 5 and 23. I'm just going to tell you now I'm not speaking about Wives that are here, I'm not speaking to you today about your marriage. Husbands that are here, I'm not speaking to you about your marriage. If there's something you've gained from that that helps there, by all means, lay hold on it. But I just don't want somebody checking out on me before we see where the Holy Ghost would take us this morning. Ephesians chapter 5 and whatever verse I said, 23. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of of the church and he is the savior of the body it's very important words there Christ is the head of the church and Christ is the savior of the body you and I are not intended to be our own head I'm going to say that again. You and I are not intended to be our own head. I'll say that a different way. We're not meant to be our own boss. The husband is the head of the wife. Christ is the head of the church. Just as the wife is subject to the husband, the husband is subject to God. Or should be. These things should be. All right? And he is the Savior of the body. Verse 24. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. I want to be subject to Christ, don't you? That means he can tell me what to do and I'll do it. He can instruct and direct me and I'll obey. I'm so thankful he does it with love. Amen. Verse 25, husbands love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church. See, he does it with love. And gave himself for it. Why would, we do, why would he do all this? Verse 26 and 27 tells us why he's doing and has done all of this. That he might sanctify and cleanse it. With the washing of water by the word. And, and is assumed here, verse 27. That he might present it to himself. 
a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. This is why Christ is doing all of this, so that he can sanctify and cleanse with washing of water by the word, and so that he might present it to himself. A glorious church. A glorious church without spot. A glorious church without wrinkle. A glorious church without any such thing. A glorious church that is holy and that is without blemish. It's a pretty high standard, isn't it? You and I could never live up to it. And so he shed his blood and gave his life to make a way that we could be what he describes that he wants. But if I'm not subject to him, I'll not be what he wants. Revelation chapter 19. Revelation 19, verse 5. I'm just going to read a couple more verses and I'll let you be seated. Revelation 19 and 5. And a voice came out of the throne saying, Praise our God, all ye his servants, and you that fear him, both small and great. And I heard, listen at this, I heard as it were the voice of a great multitude, as the voice of many waters, as the voice of mighty thunderings, Man, I, I'd like to just sort of close my eyes and imagine that voice of a great multitude. The voice, such a great multitude that it was like many waters and mighty thunderings. And this is what the voices were declaring. Notice he said a voice. They were all declaring the same thing. One sound, one voice. Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him. Why? For the marriage. You hear that? The marriage of the lamb is come. And his wife hath made herself ready. Hallelujah. For the Lord God, all-powerful reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to Him. For the marriage of the Lamb is come. And His wife hath made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. For the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. And he said unto me, Write, Blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said unto me, These are the true sayings of God. 
be seated. I'm going to step down here. It was June the 13th. Man, I hope that's the right date. 1992. That's the right date. I don't remember what time. Was it 1 o'clock? I do remember what time. At 1 o'clock in the afternoon, I had an appointment. I was going to get married. June the 13th, 1992. I know some of you young people are going, man, it's only 28 years ago. And I'm going to be honest with you. The marriage was at 1 o'clock. I got to the church about noon, maybe shortly thereafter. Matter of fact, the only thing I, I think the only reason I got there at noon was because they wanted to take a couple of pictures of some stuff beforehand. And uh, truth be told, I got there. We took a few pictures, and me and a couple of my groomsmen, my buddies, we left about 1220, 1225. And uh, we went down the road. We wanted to buy something to drink, and so we... We bought ourselves, I don't know, probably a Dr. Pepper, I'm guessing, is what I bought. And a snack, I think I was like, man, I don't want to wait till all this is over at that reception, whatever that's going to be. You know, I probably won't be getting to eat there anyway. And so I went, and I think I bought a Dr. Pepper and a Snickers or something. And Now, that was me. I got there an hour before. Was I was ready when I got there. My hair was fixed. I had my tux on. I was, I was ready when I got there. Now, my wife, she got there a little earlier than I did. What time did you get there? 6 a.m., something like that? <laughs> I don't know if it was 6 a.m., 6 or 7-ish, something like that, maybe 8-ish. She got there several hours before. She got there several hours before, and, and guess who helped me get ready? Nobody. That's right, Sister Priscilla, nobody. I got myself ready. She had an entourage getting her ready, man. People helping her with her hair. People helping her with her dress. People, I don't know what all they helped her with, but they helped her. And, and maybe some of you that got married can relate to that. But she had family in the room helping her. She had a whole room set up for getting her. What was she doing? She was the bride that day. And as a bride, it was important to her that she make herself ready. She was concerned right she understood there's going to come a point in this day where everyone that's present is going to turn and give all of their attention to her I remember that moment it, it to me it is the most etched moment in my mind of that day because I remember standing there on the platform my pastor brother Thornton here to my right and then my groomsmen, the three groomsmen here to my left. And uh, I, I remember standing there and, you know, it was okay. I'm, I'm, people were like, were you nervous? I, I wasn't. I felt pretty good. You know, I was, okay, you know, here, we're going to do this. I was pretty sure she was the one. I had faith in God. And uh, so there I was. And I was fine. I was fine, Sister Brittany, until... This, this sanctuary we, where we got married, it's, it's now a fellowship hall at this church. They built a, a newer building. But 
because she had grown up in that town her whole life, and because the seven years I'd been there, six or seven years I'd been there, I'd went to that church the whole time, it was, there was a lot of people there. And so it was full, and, and when they opened those doors at the back of that sanctuary, Brother Joel, oh, man, then all of a sudden it hit me. Like there she stood. I think her dad was with her, but, man, I don't remember him. I mean, I'm sure he was. I'm sure he was there. He walked her down the aisle, but, man, when those doors open and there's my bride, arrayed in glorious white and just as beautiful as beautiful can be, and, woo, it just, I mean, I sort of feel a little nostalgic right now. It just sort of, man, it just swept over me, and I, I was... Wow, you say, oh, you're a hopeless romantic. No, I was in that moment. It, it just, man, it just swept over me. And, whoo, this is real. I think I started crying right then. I really did. I was just not like, I, I mean, there were joy. I just, tears started. I, I remember. I, I was like, this is it. She had made herself ready. What would I have thought if those doors would have opened and, She'd have been wearing the same outfit I saw her wearing the day before. She hadn't taken time to do anything to her hair. She's like, ah, oh, we're getting married. It's just a ceremony we're going through. I... No. No, this was different. She was getting ready to be changed. Her name was fixing to change. She was giving up one life to lay hold on another. She made herself ready. The scripture where we read tells me the Lord is returning for a bride. Do you understand all of scripture? All of scripture and all of the prophets, all of Moses, all points to Christ. And all of Christ's plan and purpose, all of Calvary, all of the empty tomb, all of the outpouring of His Spirit, all of the day of Pentecost, all of the epistles, all point to one thing. They all point to preparing the bride for the groom. They all point to the church being made ready for that day. And he knew. He saw you. He saw me. He loved us in our condition. And he knew. They'll never be able to make themselves ready. In their own effort, in their own ability. We even have the Old Testament prophet that was, I would call it an allegory. It was an allegory, but it was also a very true piece of history. Where we find the prophet Hosea being sent by God to go find a wife that is a prostitute. 
And Hosea, you can read it there in those 11 chapters. Hosea does so. He obeys God and he goes and he takes a lady named Gomer and he marries her and she is unfaithful. She leaves him and goes back to where he found her. And the Lord comes to Hosea, the prophet of God, and says, go back and take her to yourself again. And in spite of all that he has done for her, Hosea brought her out of the muck and the mire and gave her a place and prepared a home for her and cared for her. In spite of that, she went back to the dregs that he rescued her from. And the Lord told him, go back and get her and bring her to you again. The Lord was dealing so much with this issue with the children of Israel that when they had children, the Lord had Hosea name those children in such a way that their name depicted Israel's broken relationship with God. You would read the names of those children and you would think, who in their right mind would ever name their children that? But Hosea was following the instruction of God to paint a picture to Israel of how their relationship with God was, even though God desired to gather them to himself. You and I are the New Testament church. Filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, we are to be the bride of Christ. This is his design for us. Everything in Scripture is to make us his bride. Everything. Everything. Is because he desires you and I. To be his bride. That's love. That's love. God so loved. That he gave. Love. And so. I feel the urgency of the hour in which we're living. I, my mind goes, I really didn't plan on talking about this today, but my mind goes to the parable of the ten virgins. They were there, they knew there was a marriage supper that was going to take place. And they knew the, the groom was coming. All they had to do was be ready. They just had to be ready. And they would go in. But they all became complacent. The difference is they both, all ten, let their lamps go out. But the difference is Five of them let their lamps go out, but hadn't prepared with oil. You understand, oil is always indicative of the Spirit. Oil is always indicative of the Holy Spirit. The other, they had no oil. Not only did their lamp go out, they had no oil on which to draw. 
The other five that let theirs go out, at least they still had oil on which to draw. They were prepared. And so when the, when the bridegroom came, or before the bridegroom came, they said, hey, give us oil. We hear he's coming. They said, we can't give you ours or we won't have any. They left to go by, and while they went, the bridegroom came, and they didn't enter in. They hadn't made themselves ready. They didn't prepare for the coming of the groom. I hear the voice of the Lord declaring to me today, I am returning for a church that doesn't have a spot or a wrinkle or any such blemish or any such thing. A church that is holy, that set itself apart unto me. What what kind of groom would want to take a bride that didn't set herself apart for him? That said, could you imagine if my wife told me, you know what, I'm going to marry you, but until we're married, I'm not yours, so therefore, you'd be like, well, I'm not marrying her. If there's no loyalty ahead of time, there's no preparing of herself ahead of time, might she? No, she began to set herself apart before marriage. It's what we see in the Old Testament. Again, the types and shadows of the Old Testament. We see, you read the book of Esther. Sorry, her name left me for a minute. You read the book of Esther. Even when the king called, for, even them, and they, you understand, in the book of Esther, they were, not, they were not Jews. They were heathen nation. But even then, before they would become the queen, the Mary, the king, even they set themselves apart for a year and begin to do these things to purify themselves, to make themselves ready. And they were a heathen nation. But we read in the Old Testament law these things of a wife preparing herself for those were all foreshadowing the types and shadows of where we as a church are called of God to set ourselves apart unto God. You with me this morning? I'm going to tell you what the Spirit of the Lord is telling us. You've heard it several times in the last little while. The hour is growing late. His return is near. The church is needing to be operating in the earth as the body of Christ like it has never operated as the body of Christ before. And in our operation as the body of Christ, we must also make sure we are making ourselves ready as the bride of Christ. We may have been complacent along the journey, but it is not a time to be complacent any longer. It's not a time to make excuses for life choices that bring spot and blemish into my life. It's not a time to justify wrong actions and wrong living in my life. It is a time to be holy and without blemish. Holy is to be set apart unto God. He's going to come back for a church that set itself apart for him. And 
I, I'm not sharing this today just because it's a new year, but I'm thinking about a new year. And if there's anything we should have pressing upon our spirit going into the new year, it's I'm going to make 2021 a year in which I set myself apart unto God like never before. I separate my life unto Him like never before. I dedicate and consecrate my life unto Him like never before. This isn't something you and I can just do in our own ability. But we read in Ephesians, He by His own blood would purchase us. He would make a way where I can be without spot or wrinkle or blemish or any such thing. He empowers me by His grace and His blood to do this. And so when I don't allow His blood and grace and washing of the Word that we read about there to do this in my life, I'm going the way of Gomer, Jose's wife, that just goes back to the dregs from which she came. Am I telling you God wouldn't go back and rescue you again? No. But I'm telling you, we're nearing the time where some are going to make a choice to not live holy and separated unto God. And the trumpet will sound. And the bride of Christ will be caught away to the marriage supper. He's coming Not just for a church. He's coming for the church that has made herself ready. We should make ourselves ready. That in itself denotes action on our part. You understand it's not an earning something. We read it there in Revelation chapter 19. It was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. Well, we understand that righteousness is the righteousness of God that robes us. But if I live unto myself, if I live after my own whims and my own desire, if I pursue the world, if I live after the things of the world, if I knowingly and willingly work and walk contrary to the word of God. That's not a bride making herself ready. That's a bride living frivolously. And the Lord is going to return to catch away a bride. And the bride he's catching away is not just any bride that was somewhere in along the journey. He's catching away the bride that's made herself ready. The marriage supper is for the one that's made herself ready. It's the reason Paul, writing to the Corinthian church, he was addressing their association and their fellowship and their relationship with the world. He was addressing it as a church and a bride and a groom because he makes this statement to them, which we often quote. He says, be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. What was he expressing? He was expressing those in the body of Christ that were beginning to fellowship I don't mean day-to-day working and living. The Lord understood that we live in the world. We're not of the world. 
But he was talking about those that in their day-to-day living would begin to join together with those who were not believers. They would begin to connect. And their lives would begin to intertwine with those. And the influence was no longer the church influencing the world. It was the world influencing the church. And that's what crept into Corinthians. And so Paul was addressing this. And he's saying, what fellowship hath light with darkness? And what concord or agreement hath... um, I can't remember now. The son of God with Belial or something like that is how it's said. He was addressing this idea. The church needs to make herself ready. The bride needs to make herself ready. But the bride has been fellowshipping the world. The bride has been entertaining the world. The bride. Those that had made themselves ready were called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. I want to be ready, don't you? I want to be ready, don't you? Now, why don't you stand with me this morning? I can only declare to you what I feel the Spirit of the Lord declaring. I could say this same thing 10 or 15 different ways, but I don't feel the need to try to do that for fear that if I do that, it's simply me in my own humanity trying to drive a point home. Either I will hear or I will not hear what the word of the Lord declares today. I heard as it were. This is a beautiful thing. I heard as it were. The voice of a great multitude and the voice of many waters. The voice of mighty thunderings saying, Alleluia for the Lord God omnipotent. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to Him. For the marriage of the Lamb is come. And His wife. His wife has made herself ready. She made herself ready. I think about the Song of Solomon. He wrote a lot about the relationship between the church and Christ. You understand that's why it's such a love story. You read in the Song of Solomon. It's Christ's love for his church, his relationship with his church. And we read in the Song of Solomon, I think it's either the second or the third chapter, where the groom comes and he's at the door. He's wanting entry to the bride. And he's standing at the door, and, but she doesn't respond. She doesn't come and open the door. And she delays her coming and her response to him. She, she delays, even though he's there. And, and she knows he's there, the way the Song of Solomon reads. She knows he's there. 
but she delays her company. I, the scripture doesn't really tell us why. I don't, you know, we know that she's in there doing stuff, trying to get ready, but something has kept her from being ready when he came. And she finally comes and responds, but when she opens the door to him, he's gone. The scripture declares that there's some oil and fragrance that's on the handle and the locks of the door where he had been. She sees and witnesses evidence that he was there for her, but something preoccupied her responding to him. I hear the voice of the Spirit in Revelation chapter 3 saying, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. I stand and I knock. It's the patience of God appealing to the bride. I'm standing and I'm knocking. If anyone will open the door to me, I'll come in and I'll sup with him and him with me. We'll have this fellowship. And I hear the groom crying out, I'm coming for a bride that's made herself ready. I'm coming for a bride that's made herself ready. I'm coming for a bride that's made herself ready. I can't say it any other way to you today. I don't know where you are, but I know what the Spirit of the Lord is declaring to my spirit today. Make yourself ready. You can't do it in your effort and ability, but He has made a way through the blood of the Lamb, through the waters of baptism, through the infilling of the gift of the Holy Ghost. Let Him separate you unto Himself. Maybe you're saying, well, just a little longer living in fellowship with the world. Just a little longer entertaining sin. Just a little longer with this blemish in my life. Come on. Don't play games with the timing of God. He is coming for a church. He's coming for a wife that's made herself ready. I'm opening this altar to you today. Would you respond to the Lord Jesus? If you've made yourself ready, then you understand I have a responsibility to help others become ready.
of the earth makes straight a highway, a path for the Lord. Jesus is coming soon. Call back the sinner, wake up the saints, let every nation shout of your fame. Jesus is coming soon. Like a bride waiting for her groom, we'll be a church ready for you. Every heart longing for our King, we Like a bride waiting for her groom, we'll be a church ready for you. Every heart longing for our King, we sing, even so come, Lord Jesus, come. Even so, come, Lord Jesus, come. There will be justice, all will be new. Your name forever, faithful and true. Jesus is coming soon. Like a bride waiting for her groom, we'll be a church ready for you. Every heart longing for our King, we sing. Like a bride waiting for her groom, we'll be a church ready for you. Every heart longing for our King, we sing, even so come, Lord Jesus, come, even so come, Lord Jesus, come, so we
Lord Jesus, come. Even so, come, Lord Jesus, come. Oh, even so, come, Lord Jesus, come. So we will. praying you just keep right on praying the spirit of the lord's not going anywhere there are different things that we're identifying with here in the spirit depending on where we are right now with god some of you are identifying with places where the spirit and the word is convicting your heart because maybe you have areas that Spirit of the Lord would identify to you that you need to address with God so that you are made ready. There's some of you, you have sought to make yourself ready and you're feeling the weight 
the conviction of the Spirit of God for many in our world that are not. And so we are feeling two things. We're identifying with two things. There may be more than that, but two things here today, and I think it's important to clarify. There is the identification with personal conviction because of personal walk and place where you are or are not with God right now. And then there is a deep conviction of the Spirit because of the responsibility of the church to the world right now. And we must respond to both of those. We must respond to both. We, we make ourselves ready. And then we seek others to, be, to help them be ready. We must declare the truth in this hour like never before. I was talking with Brother Juan before service about some of our conversation that we had yesterday following men's prayer. Talking about things that were seen in the world today that he never saw when he was younger. And I was sharing with him how for the next generation, you know, for his kids, for the younger kids, they grow up seeing these things that we thought we would never see in our lifetime. Things such as same-sex marriage, people saying that they're not male or female, but they're, they can go either way. This is, this is deception. This is not of God. But if we don't declare the truth to our children, they grow up believing this is normal and this is okay. And they buy into the world's lies that they should accept. You understand, I'm not speaking of hate. We need to love people. We must speak truth in love of what the Word of God teaches. The Word of God is forever settled. It's true. The world needs the church. It needs the church that's made herself ready. It needs a church that is separated unto God. When I was a kid... You got to give me a few minutes. I went short earlier. When I was a kid, I grew up without television in my home. I grew up in church that taught you don't have a television in your home. Now, you've never heard me preach that. You probably never will. Because the reality is, you could not have a television in your home, but as long as you have a phone, you have access to anything and everything and more than may what be on a television. The issue isn't what you, isn't the device. The issue is how you use it. It's how you use it. And in some places, that got missed when I was a kid growing up. It was just preached, don't have a TV in your home, versus understanding following the Holy Ghost. Now, I understand forefathers meant well. They were saying, don't even open the door. Don't even bring it into your house. If you don't have it, you're not tempted to try to regulate it. So I respect that. But we just can't say, okay, you can't have a smartphone, you can't have a computer, you can't have a TV, you shouldn't have... I'm going to start preaching all that. That's rules. 
But if we're led by the Spirit of God, we can have all of those things, but we'll be separated and set apart unto God. 'Where I won't entertain things that I ought not entertain. I'm not telling you you can't ever put in a video and watch something, but you need to have enough Holy Ghost to recognize two or three minutes in if you see or hear something that you know what? No, not in my house. This is off and this is out. This is what it means to be holy and without blemish, set apart unto God. It's recognizing. Hold on, no, nope, I, I can't. Nope, not doing that. This is an hour like no other where we need a fresh baptism of holiness. And holiness is not sleeve length or skirt length or hair length or pant length or holiness is being separated unto God. Now those other things may become outward signs of inward holiness. But we can get it backwards where we just go, okay, I know I need to do this and do this and don't do this. And, and then we try to look like we're holy. But inwardly, the Bible, Jesus said, you're full of dead men's bones. On the outside, you're like whited sepulchers. But inside, you're full of dead men's bones. You made the outside look good, but you didn't deal with the issue. You didn't let your heart be totally separated unto me. The Lord is calling the church like never before to be set apart separated unto God for His purpose. You want God to use you? I know you do. He's using you. But I can't give myself to the fellowship of the world and the things of the world and then try to come back and have God now use me, Lord. And No, no, because then the world gets a message, oh, so I can live like I want to. And, oh, no, no. You say, oh, I don't want to go to that church with you. You got all these rules. I got no rules. I got this wonderful, beautiful relationship that one day I'm going to be at a marriage supper. I'm just preparing myself. It's not hard to separate myself unto God. It's a joy and a privilege to separate myself unto Him. It's the reason Moses said, I'll not enjoy the pleasures of Egypt even for a season. He said, I'd rather choose the suffering of the, or the afflictions of the righteous than enjoy the pleasures of Egypt or sin for just a season. He understood, I'm looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Let's make ourselves ready. Let's purpose in this year ahead to consecrate like never before. This isn't our human will. This is aligning with the will of God. Receiving His blood working, His righteousness, His peace, His joy, His love, and letting it flow through us. Being sensitive to the Holy Ghost in these things. I feel it's important to make this distinction. I felt the Lord check me when I was praying here about a statement I may have made that I believe I made. 
I talked about the catching away of the church. Um, and I referenced also the marriage supper that we read about in Revelation 19. For theological reasons, I feel the need to say this. For biblical scriptural reasons. The catching away of the church and the marriage supper are not the same thing. If you read it in scripture, they're separate events. So let me just be clear about that. I don't want to mix some theology or say, well, no, our pastor or elder say that those are two separate things. We'll do That's a different study for a different time. Um, I know there are some that teach that any and everyone that ever received the Holy Ghost will be caught away, but not all will go to the marriage supper. I don't know about all that. I haven't studied all that out, but they are different. The catching away of the church and the marriage supper are two different events in Scripture. So I just felt the responsibility to you to say that today. Amen. Why don't you stand with me today? I am thankful to be a part of the bride of Christ with you. And I look forward to that day. And I pray that by God's great grace, we are sitting together the marriage supper it will be worth it all it will be worth it all you understand this is what I'm living for I'm not living for this life this is temporary I'm 50 years old. I've lived long enough to know it's temporary, Brother Johnstone. I thought I was 20 yesterday. I don't know what happened. It's temporary. It goes so fast. But that marriage supper, (laughs) once I sit around that table, it'll be forever. That's what I'm living for. And he made a way for you and I to be ready so that we could forever be with the Lord. We feel His presence today. That day we will be in His presence forever. I long for His presence today, but He's preparing me for a day I'll be in His presence forever. May the Holy Ghost grant us perspective today. Make yourself ready. Make yourself ready. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Some would say, man, I need to go. I need to go quit my job. I need to go sell my house. I need to go do all. I need to do all these things right now, right now, right now. Well, if the Holy Ghost tells you that, I'm not telling you no. But what we really need to learn is. We need to learn to be the church in our day to day living. 
so it becomes a light and a letter to the world. And when men ask, we need to give an answer. In truth. Brother Joel, I was marked, I'm not going to share it today, but I was marked by the story you shared yesterday about you and your father eating in that restaurant. And that man of God coming in and questioning why you were eating there. Marked so much not by the rightness or wrongness or way or any, but just by the boldness to speak the truth. Not hide, but to speak the truth. It marked my spirit. Thank you for sharing that. Praise God. There's such a sweet spirit of the Lord here. I don't want to go anywhere. But I don't want to keep you either. Could we one more time? Would you just lift your hands and your heart with me? Would you purpose to allow this manifestation of his spirit that you feel right now to be marked in your spirit so that you and I don't walk out of here and just justify things that he's already dealing with us about or that we so that we respond properly according to his leading to these things he's dealing with our hearts about In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. 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 Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Yeah, my word. This is the last thing I'll share, and I'll let you go. Over the last 48 hours, or that's probably not right, the last 72 hours, last three days, three, three and a half days, four days, I have, I've been marked to spend time with different ones or reach out to different people. Um. I 
reconnected on Christmas Day with a friend that was my friend when I was a child. We were in church together in Alaska. Uh, he went a total opposite direction. God is restoring him by great mercy. And there's also lives where I know God is dealing with hearts. I encourage you in this hour. Don't hesitate to reach out to a lost friend or loved one whose name comes across your mind, your heart. I'm not telling you you have to reach out and say, hey, the Lord's coming, you better get ready. Now, if the Lord tells you to do that, do that. But sometimes all we do first is we just make the connection. And the Lord will open the door. We get worried too much about what if, but how do I, what am I supposed to say? Just say, hey, how you doing? What's going on? What have you been up to? And if they ask you, don't hesitate to talk about what you've been doing. And let the Spirit of God lead you in those conversations. I promise you, probably going to talk about this Thursday night, but I promise you, God is dealing with their heart already. Already. And you're going to reach to them. And you're going to realize when you start talking that it's God thing. Don't hesitate. Amen? God bless you. Thank you for your openness to the word today. Love you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.